Blog Talk Radio. Can you hear any music playing? Because I cannot. <laughs> I cannot hear any music playing. Oh, son of a bitch. Right. <laughs> yeah, apparently, uh, as we talked about, I was going to play a song at the beginning of the show. and I don't know if it's the site messing up or just that song. Uh, Told you how to convert it. See? See? Try to use all your other programs. That damn iTunes protection, I'm telling you. Yes, you know, I just, I just, I just clicked, I just clicked on my regular thing. Okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute, it's going to play. All right. Yeah, um, right now we're about to get into, a, you ready to review a new song off, the, off one of the new Prince albums here? Are you there? Yes, I'm here. I can't okay. hear you. I, I, okay. I lost you. All right, we're here. Jamie Joshua live here. I think the switchboard is finally working. Shit on my face. This is a live show. Uh, DJ Latin here about to check out this new song that was supposed to start playing immediately as the show started, which is probably like 30 seconds of blank space now. I don't know. But everyone listening live, hi. How are you doing, everybody? <laughs> <laughs> All right, so here we go. Um, I'm going to try to turn it on here. So. Let's see what happens. I was what you wanted Liar You never wanted me that way I was just something you flaunted Higher Fire You never had a plan to stay If you don't
you can hear that. <laughs> Absolutely. That was, that was nice. That was nice. I'll go ahead. And, first of all, I want to tell you some of the things I like about it. First of all, when I when I first started listening to it, it kind of took me back to musically uh, some of the cool R&B that was back in the 90s. So, like, the sound of it was was that way at first. Then, of course, you hear Prince's voice, and, you know, you, then you know you're going to like it. And then he did uh, exactly what you expect from Prince. It's like funky guitars uh, with that, you know, good rock groove, and then, you know, ends it a lot like a um, – I guess that'd probably be like he ended. Um, Let's go crazy. That's kind of what it reminded me at the end. Just a lot of chaos, yeah. and then just end. But what's what's really cool about it is that is, is that like at the beginning of it, especially I noticed this about a lot of Prince's music is, um, if you're into jazz and stuff, one of the things that I, I remember that um, I read somewhere about Miles Davis is that one of the greatest things about Miles Davis, the famous trumpet player, was that he played the spaces. He played the non-notes where where there's nothing playing, that is something playing. So it's it's kind of like at the beginning of it, a lot of the silence in between the beats was part of the musical composition. That's kind of cool to me as, you know, just someone who appreciates music all around, but you kind of hear that at the beginning of it. And I didn't cheat. I, I told Jamie before this uh, before the show, I said, you know, he told me he was going to have me review a new Prince song, and I told him I would not listen to the album. I, I, I minorly cheated. I listened to a little bit of funk and roll, but I didn't listen to this at all, and I like it. Definitely digging it. <laughs> oh yeah, and I wouldn't tell you which song I was going to play anyway. <laughs> right, right. He, he, would have he, he, everything. He, said, he said I could tell you, and I said, Nah, nah, that was just straight from the hip, straight, straight from the hip. Yeah, technical difficulty there starting the show. Now that that leads perfectly into this question of, like, I being a live radio show host, I've had like four or five of these mishaps so far. But have you ever had any uh, technical difficulties while you're in a club working as a DJ? Um, yeah, I've had stuff that's gone wrong, uh, whether it be um, equipment shutting down or just or, or just failing or someone hitting something, you know, someone hitting a, a power switch or something. I told you in our first uh, our first uh, interview, I believe it was, that about someone spilling stuff on my equipment before and literally having yeah. to shut down for about three or four minutes while I rebooted. Um, but one of my my worst than happening in the club. I mean, happening in the club is bad, but usually in a club you have some way of some kind of backup equipment, or you just have enough other things there that are, you know, that you can rely on to back up for you or cover for you while while things go, even if it's just a jukebox, turn the jukebox on for a few minutes or something, which is lame, but it's better than, than dead air. But what's worse is uh, something that almost, well, it happened to me that didn't happen to me. Uh, towards the beginning of the year, I'm on the way to do a wedding, and um, I had a tire blowout on my van, and I'm stranded on the side of 270 um, on my way towards Gahanna to do this gig, and I've got, you know, I've, I've got no way to get there. My tire blows out, so, you know, I, I, I'm calling anybody I know that has a vehicle capable. My mom had a uh, has a crossover vehicle that I could probably squeeze all my stuff in, so I call her, and she's like, she's like, oh, she's like, um, yeah, yeah, I'll be right there. And then five minutes later, she calls me and goes, okay, my friend's actually on her way there, and she's got a Ford, um, I forget whatever the Ford little SUV is. She's like, yeah, she's got one. And you can get everything in there. So basically, I had to pile my stuff in there, have her drive me to the gig, and unload and set up. And, and luckily, the, the bride and the groom were none the wiser about what happened. But it's things like that that are even more scary to me because in that situation, this is their their wedding day, yeah, you know, their special day of the year, and you have their yeah. life hopefully. 
Now, hopefully it only happens once. Um, for a lot of us, it happens more than once. But hopefully for them it happens only once, and I don't want to be the guy that dropped the ball. So it, it worked out for me. I, I wasn't that late. Luckily, I gave myself some time. But if I would have had to call roadside assistance or something to come out and, you know, bring me a can of fix a flat or whatever, it, it, that wouldn't have worked out. It was a total blowout. But if they would have had to tow me to the gig or something, it would it would, it would have been way late. So that's worse than technical mishaps in the club. If they get happen in a club – um, usually there's uh, old school CD players or something there to back you up. And, and if there's CD players in the club, I always put a CD of basically can't miss music in just in case something does happen that way I can just hit play and, you know, give myself at least three or four minutes to straighten up whatever does happen. But yeah, it's, it's, it's worse when it's somebody's um, personal private event because they paid you a lot more money to do a lot more work. And it's usually a one time deal for them, hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And and how do you do you ever think about that? Like uh, after you've like done a wedding, like uh, you're probably in like a hundred pictures that you're never gonna see. <laughs> like being <laughs> responsible for that night, like does that thought ever cross your mind? Yeah, I mean it's 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 a big deal to um to to I take it very seriously. It's it's something that I've been doing for 20 years now, and uh, it's pretty much how I got in. I I think I did my first yeah I did my first wedding gig. I think before I even did my first true club gig and um yeah it's, it's it's a big deal you know this is somebody's one-time shot this is their one-time day and you and, and to think that you know they're going you're going to be there and that there are there's pictures that i find myself one day tagged in on facebook or something i'm like oh well i didn't even realize this is in that picture i'm glad i wasn't rubbing my nose or scratching my stomach or something or whatever you know it's looks, it looks even worse than it, than it possibly could be but yeah um, you're there, and, and and it's it's a lot of responsibility. But I've done it so many times before that it is it always seems to go pretty smooth. Um, you kind of run into everything after you've done about twenty or thirty of them. You feel like you, you know you're confident and you've done plenty. And now here, you know, hundreds and hundreds of them later, um, I can pretty much go in and uh, talk to the bride for five minutes, and we'll make it through just fine. Yeah. So the the new print stuff is is great. Uh, that's what I've been listening to. What, what have you been listening to lately? Like, what's in your CD player? What, what songs are you liking right now? Okay, well, um, you kind of gave me a heads up that this one was coming. Thing is that, and this is this is the sad part of being a DJ sometimes, is that sometimes you get into a groove where you're not really listening to music for pleasure anymore. You're just look, listening to it for, you know, what's playable and what you're going to use in, in, in the club or in, in your weddings or whatever mm-hmm. it may be. Um, however, of course, in that process, hopefully you find some stuff that you legitimately like and um, isn't just being played because you got to play it. There's stuff that, I, you know, I've played at several different clubs that I played just because I had to. You know, that's that's what was popular. That's what the yeah. customer there wanted to hear, and, you know, that's fine and dandy. You do what you got to do to make money. But as far as what's um, fairly recent that I actually enjoy listening to is, um, like, I like I, – I know that a lot, a lot of people are kind of – it's either your lover or hater, but I like Iggy. I like Iggy Azalea. She's um, got some good stuff. And I, I, I realize it's probably T.I. writing all of her raps and everything, regardless of what he uh-huh. says. Um, maybe that's why I like her, because she seems to, you know, have a good lyrical flow to her and, and stuff. But um, I like Iggy. Um song that hasn't worn out on me yet, even though it's been on the radio for a while, is uh, uh, Disclosure's song Latch with uh, Sam Smith, um, kind of a more of a – I guess an electronic song uh, than you know your typical hip hop that a lot of people think of when they think of club yeah. songs. But uh, Latch Disclosure is real good. I, um, I like the fact that Sam Smith is an excellent singer. Um, uh, he's got 
songs out that he does by solo that are a lot of them are like a little more drab and and heartfelt, but he's he can feel, hear his soul into the music for being a white English dude. He can really uh, put something behind it. Um, let's see what else do what do I like? Uh, there's something I don't know. Um, Chris Brown and Kid Ink they've done a couple songs together, and I like them just. More, I guess it's the DJ Mustard beats that I like a lot um, because being a club DJ, you want stuff that people can dance to pretty easy. Um, I like Jeremiah, Don't Tell Him. Um, I like Ed Sheeran's song, Don't, which is uh, pretty new on pop radio. Um, and basically a lot of that's for the lyrics, the lyrical aspect of it as well as the, the beat. And Ed Sheeran's a really good singer and musician as well. So um, if you've heard anything besides just sing or don't, um, you can hear that he actually has a lot of other good stuff. But yeah, it's unfortunate in this job. Sometimes you, you find yourself listening to stuff more for um, the business reason than the personal reason. So it's nice when you run across something that you actually appreciate. And then um, when you play it, you're not like, oh, my God, i got to hear this damn thing again. Yeah, that, that, that was a nice thought. I'm like, like half the time you listen to music, it's not even for yourself anymore. It's like for your profession and everything. Absolutely. But I'm... Your true identity just came out on Facebook this week. <laughs> now, uh, this, this was interesting to me because uh, <laughs> Facebook actually came out and said, uh, we do believe that your real name is not actually DJ Aladdin. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm wondering how many of my buddies days. are going to get <laughs> – I think a bunch of my buddies are probably going to get hit for this eventually too. I don't know what their screening process is or how this came out, but – um, basically, when I put my name on Facebook years ago, when I started this account, I put under D period J period Aladdin. I couldn't even put under DJ with no spaces or no periods because they wouldn't accept that as a name. But they expect they accepted D period J period, and then Aladdin was my last name. Um, so that's what I had on Facebook for the longest time. Um, I think it was just like yesterday, maybe two days ago, that I was you know I was at home on, and I had been on Facebook sometime at home that day, and then I was out and about, and I just pulled up my phone to check a you know, check a message or something, and all of a sudden it said, um, you've been logged out, you must log back in. So I try to log back in, and it says, you must log in from a web browser. So Safari opens up on my iPhone, and I try to log in through there, and it says that we um, you, that we at Facebook believe, you know, in, or it's our policy to have everybody use their real name or whatever, and, and um, it's come to our attention that this may not be your real name. I'm like, well, no, it's not, but... How how would you know what if my name is? Like you know, why? Like why now? Yeah, like, why I know it's been out now? there for years. Right, it's been out there for years. And, I, and I, what I did is actually, I, you know, obviously I've got a lot of uh, industry buddies that are that are on my page, so I start looking up their little DJ pages that are under D period, J period, or whatever. And some of them, yeah, most of those are still up there as they were. And I'm like, okay, well, I guess it was just me. So yeah, I had to pretty much um, let the uh, Clark Kent out of my Superman identity and put that up there and. Um, so now my real name's up on Facebook, and it's Mark Derenberger if everybody wants to look it up. Um, and there's actually two Mark Derenberger pages. So I actually have one that I just use for, like, uh, family and high school friends and stuff like that. But I honestly barely use it all because, you know, being a DJ and that one seems to be more of, you know, I use it for promotional purposes as well as just to keep in touch with some friends and stuff. So I use that one more, and now there's two Mark Derenbergers out there, and you find one with uh, just my headshot, that's my personal page. If you find one of me doing anything DJ-related, that's probably the one that I'm actually going to check the most, and that's the one you should ask. Yeah, you could have entered a, like, Grande Burrito or something as your name. <laughs> right, right, right. Well I'm, well, I'm waiting my 60 days up so I can find out any other variations 
<laughs> DJ that I may be able to put up there. Yeah, and why then, 60 days? Like, why, why, is, why is Facebook being on it like this? Of course, with the new Facebook they, Messenger thing, that it's like the right, police right. are on Facebook Messenger, all that. Like, I don't buy into that. Like, I haven't had to make the switch yet. I have an iPhone. I don't know if it's just people on Galaxy or whatever. Yeah, I, I, I kind that. of done a little bit of research into that. And basically, people are a little bit paranoid on that thing. Well, what it is is basically – when they when on the Android it's a little different than the iPhone. With the iPhone you download the app, you put in the app, and as you try to use these features, you have to enable the ability to. You have to give permission for it to access your camera if you want to send a picture. You have to give permission yeah. for it to access your location if you want to be tagged in somewhere. Whereas with the I guess with the Galaxies and the Androids, it doesn't work that way where the where it individually allows permissions. It just says you need to give us permission to access all this junk, your microphone, your phone book, this and that. But those are for all the little features of Facebook that, honestly, it could not use unless you did that. So people have been doing this for a long time. This is the the silliest thing is they've been using these features already, and they've been allowing Facebook to access them forever. forever. But the only difference is now is Facebook saying, hey, we're actually going to tell you that you have a right to say no. (laughs) And if you say no, that's fine. You just can't, can't message anybody. So it's it's I think people are a little overly paranoid. I as an iPhone user also because iPhones are superior to Androids. I don't care what any Android user says. Um, no, I'm just yeah. <laughs> start a flame war here. iPhone is a holy grail. <laughs> they <laughs> are right. a holy grail. Um, and it's just because it's a good phone. It's, I'm not some Apple fanboy. I just I just like my iPhone. Um, but yeah, I, I think that a lot of the Android users they're seeing that, and because it's right in their face the way it is, saying that we need to access all these things. That's where the hey, hold up, wait, you know, that that's where that comes from. But yeah, it's you know, Facebook is they they're doing a lot of things. I mean, obviously, I've found that if I say I want to search for a new piece of DJ equipment, next thing I know in my newsfeed, I'm getting ads for that piece of DJ equipment. So they're actually, yeah. you know, they're actually accessing a lot of different parts of your browsing history that you may not be aware of. Um, but that's how they keep Facebook free. So don't believe any of those messages. So Facebook's going to make you start paying either. That's not going to happen. But uh, yeah, but yeah I've never gotten the, I, I've never gotten the ads from the Luxor Hotel on Facebook in my life until I went for the first time <laughs> to Luxor and booked the trip in 2011. There you go. Right when I came back home, it was a big you know thumbnail right there for stay at the Luxor. <laughs> so that I go. think that's what it is: marketing and following you. <laughs> They're not policing yeah, it yet is, because people I know have put pictures up with their cush or whatever. <laughs> so right. nothing like that. Well, that, that, that's what that. amazes me is that people will actually do that. I, I people who, um, you know, and I, I, you know, I hate to say, you know, I've got plenty of friends that do this to go. Um, anyone know where to get trees or whatever, whatever they're saying. Yeah. Pictures of their the stuff. Yes, <laughs> oh, that looks yummy. Yeah. All these things they're posting up there. I'm like, you are just putting it out there. And, and I, I hope to God for their sake that they leave their page as friends only or private or whatever because anymore you apply for a job or do anything and one of the first things they do is they check social media for you just to get a little idea yeah. of who you are and if they see something that they don't like as an employer and it's that's fine you know they're they're, they're probably just going to look right past you and it's not it's not unusual at all to think that you know if, I, if the first impression that i have about you is that you know i go to your page and all you've got is pictures of you up, up at the club with the drink in your hand yolo and <laughs> and then smoking kush then obviously you might not be somebody that I would like to run my, you know, bank teller. <laughs> as my bank teller. So yeah, and this yeah, is something I've heard about, like in the past year. In the past year, like companies are looking at like like 
you know, managers, you know, clearly can't be friends on Facebook with, you know, say a crew right. member or a team member. And, like, they are looking at this kind of thing. If you're being professional, if if you're putting stuff up there like that. So it's like a whole new world here. Yeah, yeah, it's it's not – you're not just completely behind the safety of your own screen at home. I mean, people are seeing these things. And, and as a company, I can't completely fault them because if I ran a business and um, you – Jamie Joshua are the manager of my store that I run and you are on there doing a bunch of activities that I don't want to be, that don't promote my store properly, but yet your job was listed manager of Mark's general store. Then obviously I'm thinking, ah, you know, that's not the image I want for my store. You've got to behave professionally in social media or appropriately for whatever you're doing. And that's, that's a, a, a line that I walk sometimes too. You know, it's like there's a certain amount of personal stuff that I just, strictly don't put on there. I use my um, my page. I, yes, I keep in touch with people through it, but for the most part, it's it's promotional. It's non-controversial. I don't do drama on my Facebook page. Just That's just not who I am. That's not what I do. I mean, if I put something up there that's personal, it's usually just something fun and, and interesting to me or, you know, you know, me and my kid at a Blue Jackets game or whatever it may be. It's not anything that's ever going to come yeah. back and bite me, hopefully. <laughs> Like a lot of a lot of people will express to 100, 200,000 people on there what only three people should be seeing. There you go, <laughs> exactly. And then your thought process there, you said Mark's General Store, like as if you would, like as if your place of business would have been. Like yeah, that's a exactly store. what I plan on doing. <laughs> but my dream is to own the next uh, Dollar General. <laughs> Mark's well, General you know Dollar. That, that's Coming right, soon. Mark's General. <laughs> Not soon enough. Besides this, have you have you seen anything on Facebook lately that's like angered you as far as uh, what people are doing? You know, fire challenges, anything of this sort. Okay, um, there's a lot of things that I think that just don't belong. I mean, that that I don't want to say they anger me, but it it makes me look at people and go, how stupid are you? And beyond hmm. what we just talked about, posting you know waste stuff that, like you said, that only three people should probably see. Um, besides that, there's things that. Uh, that people will put on there, like the new crazes, and 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 um, I'm guilty for watching it sometimes when I come across it in these feed. All these people posting oh. world star videos of people fighting and this and that, and, yeah. and I, I hear this from and and I hear it a lot from some of my African American friends who will say straight up, you know, we need to stop doing this because they look at it as, um, and it's not just it's not by any means just black people that are on there when those world star videos right. fighting. I mean, there's, it's, it's everybody, but they, it, it's a matter of, it looks ignorant and it does. And, and I understand that, you know, some of the, some of my friends have said, you know, this makes us look ignorant because we keep doing this. And because to us, it's almost like up oh, cameras on, now I've got to fight, you know? And, and that's, that's one of the things I think is, is really dumb that I see on there. The, the fire challenge is just ridiculous. The challenges are, are yeah. just dumb because, if they have no purpose in them and they are also dangerous, then there's really no purpose for them at all. People getting into a shower and pouring alcohol down their chest and then lighting it on fire and not expecting anything bad. I've never seen one of those where the person just pats himself out and goes, hey, look, get it. <laughs> never, ever, never that. Um, so, you know, you, maybe you should realize, hey, that's not going to happen. It's, it's going to burn because it's fire and that's your skin and it's not meant to be lit on fire. Uh, think about right. this here. But like uh, stuff like the water challenge, like um, the ice bucket challenge for for ALS and stuff like that. Um, I'm on the side of it says that goes, hey, go for it. It's a good thing. 
it's not hurting anybody. It's gaining money for a cause. It's gaining awareness for a cause. Though most, a lot of people would complain that all oh, people don't aren't even donating. They're just dumping water and they're just doing it for their fifteen minutes yeah. of pain. Yeah, there's a lot of people doing that, but there's a lot of people that are now donating because of that. I didn't even dump. I, I planned on dumping water in my head and then donating, but um, just got too busy. Just didn't work out. I mean, whatever reason, I just didn't get around to dumping water in my head. But I did donate, and I posted on there a screenshot of my donation acceptance, you know, just to say, hey, you know what, I'm really actually going to do something for this because this is the real purpose of it. And I'm not going to chastise anybody who does it just for fun or whatever, but, um, yeah, you know, stuff like that that a lot of people complain about, yeah, it doesn't bother me. I, I look at it this way. If I see something stupid, I can scroll past it. It's not a big deal to me. But if it's something that I feel like, hey, you know what, this is catching fire and it's going to help, you know, um, not, not not talking about the fire challenge, but this is kind of catching fire and, and getting a good, uh, I guess, good publicity for um, a disease that could, you know, use some support, then that's great. And if they're getting record numbers of it, um, I likened it to this. If there's an amusement park that was open and you had to let 10,000 people in, only 100 people of those paid, but all the $100 of that went to solving cancer research, but that 100, those 100 people would not have paid otherwise, then yeah, let the let the thousands in to get those hundred people to pay and help for cancer research. It's ultimately you you, you got to take the bad with the good, and and if the overall result is positive, then that's what you worry about. Yeah, and and now it's Breast Cancer Awareness Month, and they they ALS and that nerve like condition. Um, but I actually saw a chart, and a heart disease actually kills more people than any of uh, breast cancer, any of this other stuff. So uh, that was like kind of a thing where someone was putting it up though, like why are we supporting the ALS when heart disease kills more people? <laughs> so like people people will turn one way or the other on it, and like like well screw everybody doing this because of this and this and, and just being negative. Oh, yeah, on yeah, the, that, that's, being that, that's supporting it. Oh, that's that's totally negative too. I mean, it's just to think. Um, okay, so because heart disease is, is a bigger killer, that ALS doesn't matter. I mean, what are you just jealous that they came up with a good campaign? It's kind of, yeah. to me, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's like, okay, great, we'll come up with a campaign for heart disease and hopefully people will support that too. You know, it's it's, it's one of those things where you just, you got to take the good with the bad. And if, you're, if your disease is killing more people than their disease, well, and they're raising money, don't be mad at them because they're getting help. I mean, they deserve help. You know, if you want help, do something to for it too. It's, I don't know, people, people are, will find any reason to complain about other people anymore. Yeah, and talking about health and uh, how marijuana has never actually killed anyone just from smoking it. Well, have you ever smoked weed? Um, I have tried weed on two individual occasions in my whole life. Um, first how time many I was two? 18 years Only two individual occasions. Um, both of them were before I was even legally old enough to drink. Um, when I was 18 years old, I tried it once at a kind of a small get-together with a bunch of friends and uh, – I didn't feel like I got an effect from it. Um, we were also um, drinking, even though I was 18. Uh, we were drinking as well, and maybe maybe that's why I didn't really notice the difference in the effect. Not I was, I didn't know anyone. Allegedly, allegedly, you were right. drinking. I was, right. Somebody said I might have <laughs> This is an entertainment show. <laughs> what, this what, is entertainment. Nothing to be held against me. <laughs> oh, this was 20 years ago. There's a statute of limitations or something. Anyway, <laughs> so there was then. And uh, then I think it was probably about a year and a half later, a um, friend of mine, actually is one of my roommates at the time, he uh, lightened up and I was about to go out and I said, here, I'll take a hit of that. And I hit it. And again, I didn't feel much of an effect or 
or anything at all. Maybe I didn't take enough of it. I don't know. And either way, what it really came down to me is like, um, I want, I was curious enough to know what it was like, but it wasn't something I've ever felt I need. It's just like alcohol to me. It's like, um, alcohol to me is legal. It's legal. You can have a beer, you can get a buzz and you're not going to get arrested for getting a buzz unless you're driving that way. So I will go out and have a beer legally and be just cool with it. Um, and I don't want to put myself in ever into any situation where, you know, I'm going to lose an employment opportunity because I decided that it was worth getting high that night. You know, I might two months before that or whatever, with hair follicle tests or whatever, you know, however far they go back, you know, you just, you just don't want to put yourself in that position. However, at the same time, I've got no problem with anybody that does what they want to do with their own time. And eventually it's probably going to be legal nationwide. Um, looks like it's headed that way. We've got a few states already. So if so, then, yeah, good for anybody who wants to do it. I guess that's fine by them. And and I understand that, you know, weed has never directly killed anybody, but anything that impairs your your judgment or, you know, your thought process or whatever or slows it down or whatever, it's going to, you know, obviously there's things you shouldn't do while you're doing it. You shouldn't be high and driving around, in my opinion. It's going to obviously slow down yeah. your um, reaction time just like alcohol would. But yeah. if you're in your own home well, and you're you with your I'll tell you flat out, like, I don't smoke weed. I'm drug-free. I, I drink, and, and, but, you know, legal, you know? <laughs> but, uh, right, exactly. Like, um, like uh, yeah, I have smoked weed with friends, you know, only time, you know, when people, when I'm with people and they're doing it, and I've done it. But uh, it, it, one minute seems like an hour, and I cannot come down from it, and I just want to come down. Yeah. Like, people want to get high, yeah. but I just want to come down, and I can't until I go to sleep. So I'm, I just never like the effect that it gives me why well, I'd rather just drink yeah. you know, enjoy that. It was like, like I've just never enjoyed the, uh, the effect, but, uh, do you believe that, uh, Michael Jackson ever molested kids? No, it's just out of the out of the blue. Um, do I believe <laughs> that? He's <laughs> random um, question. Yeah. We, we, yeah. This is going to be like a random day. Okay. Um, do I believe that he did? I would like to think that he didn't. Um, I believe yeah. that, he is a weird individual or was a weird individual um, and had weird relationships with children that are unconventional, but I don't necessarily believe one way or the other that he did or did not. I will say that there's a lot of motivation for claims against him um, yes. for a payoff. And this is the one thing that I can say is that every time that there has supposedly been a claim against him that, you know, Oh, so and so lost my kid. Eventually, it disappears, and it disappears pretty much when money surfaces. And to me, I'm thinking if my kid were molested by a grown adult, and I was aware of it and I was sure of it, there's no amount of money that could keep me from following through on prosecuting. Now, that's yeah. just me. I'm not saying that every other parent is that way. Maybe there is a certain dollar amount that goes. You know what? At this point, it's okay to let it go away because now we can get him help and maybe he'll have a better life and he'll have less money, whatever. But to me, um, that part of it is fishy. Do I think he did it? I, I honestly don't know. There, there are some, some things that I think it's best to, if you have an opinion and you're strongly believe in your opinion, go ahead and roll for it. But if there's times when I believe that if you're not really sure, sometimes the smartest thing to do is say, I'm not really sure. And that's kind of how I feel about that particular thing. I'm not sure if he did or not. I would like to think he didn't. I would think that there's probably if that he did. And um, I would think it's very unfortunate that parents, if he did it, and if they're sure that he did it, um, would just back away as soon as they get their payday. 
Yeah, and um, if if you really look at the the accusers accusing him, there were people that were at the Neverland Ranch, and it clearly to me is like I'm surprised it didn't happen more. I'm surprised there weren't more than two cases of people accusing him of that, trying to get the payday, like you said. So I do not believe that Michael Jackson ever molested kids, but uh, do you think that R. Kelly ever pissed on a girl? (laughs) I do do believe that R. Kelly absolutely urinated on a young woman, yes. Probably, probably more. boys too, and maybe maybe some old ladies in wheelchairs. I don't know, but uh, yeah, R. Kelly. Yeah, I've I've listened. You listen to his music. His music would pretty much yeah. tell you that. Yeah, I'm down for that. <laughs> My name's yeah, R. That, Kelly, and I'm it. down to piss on a chick, <laughs> especially a yeah, thirteen. Uh, I don't know. I'm not sure that like the the one main case was a like it was like a sixteen year old girl they let in the club. Now you're not supposed to, you know, they're not gonna let a guy like under, you know, eighteen or twenty one in a club, but girls they just don't even check most of the time, you know. They just like let them in free entry even. So it's totally believable that R. Kelly ended up you know, some girl, sixteen year old ended up hooking up with them and being pissed on. <laughs> okay, well I'll I'll put this out here too. R. Kelly married Aaliyah at the age of fifteen. Therefore I don't think he cares if she was sixteen whether when he was pissing on her. That's personally my opinion there too. Um, so, and there, there's, there's actually, you know, legit proof that he and Aaliyah were married when she was 15 years old. Um, and he was a grown ass man. So if he's going to marry a 15 year old girl, sure. He's going to take a 16 year old girl home and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to do something a little fun. <laughs> fun for him. Yeah. That's a whole new meaning to the, uh, rest in P Aaliyah as well. But. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> But just real quick, uh, running out of time, we got about nine more minutes. Uh, if someone were, were to go to you and you were to try to be a mentor and they wanted to become a DJ, like what kind of a equipment would you tell them to get? What kind of programs? What what kind of thing would you, would you do? And advice would you give to someone that wanted to start up and try to become a DJ? Okay, from uh, from the get go, as far as uh, if you want to go straight equipment. Biggest thing, software-wise, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what software you choose. Um, there's pretty much three or four big players in the software field. They all operate essentially about the same. Um, if they've been out for a while and they're reputable and they've got people arguing over who's the best, then they're probably all pretty good. Um, just like Androids and iPhones, they're both probably fine, even though they're high yeah. for iPhone. Um, so as far as software, you find whatever you're comfortable with. And most importantly, com- what's compatible with whatever controller you choose, because there's Many control services out there. You can get turntables that use vinyl, and you go digital vinyl that way. If you're going to do that, most likely um, I would recommend going with Serato just because it's been doing vinyl the longest, um, vinyl and software together. So I'd probably go with Serato. Um, If you're going for video, I would probably go with Virtual DJ, which is what I use because it plays pretty much anything you throw at it video-wise. But ultimately, whatever controller you get – that's going to be what guides you towards the software that you use um, and vice versa. If you want to use um, Pioneer stuff, Pioneer stuff is pretty much made for Serato primarily, so you'll want to go with Serato. Um, if you use something like uh, – I use a Denon controller that was made specifically for Virtual DJ, but then they came out with a Denon controller, um, the same exact model, Mark II, a couple buttons changed around, made for Serato. So – it really just depends on your preference there. Um, biggest thing about getting into DJing is music selection, music selection, music selection. 
Skills are great. Yeah. It's good to have have your skills to learn how to mix. Software does so much of that for you anymore or makes it so much easier to learn than it was when some of us older guys started out. We had to use vinyl or whatever. But regardless of the mixing and all the little tricks you can do, the things that are going to make you a good DJ are not how well you make It's literally your song selection for the crowd. Um, you don't want to mix them badly, but if you can't mix them well, don't try. You know, be willing to let a song in and start another song, you know, or and or practice your mixing at home before you bring it into the club or to a wedding setting. So those are probably the, from the learning it aspect, that's what I'd go with. Marketing it is a whole different ballgame altogether. Oh, yeah, it's all a different monster. But, uh, prostitution, your thoughts? Prostitution. Um I would personally never ever want to hire a prostitute and hope I never have to or feel that I'm in that position that I would have to. However, um, grown adults, uh, if you got a grown woman who says, hey, you want to pay me some money, then we can play around. I, I think it's a – I for, from an outsider standpoint, I think that it is a victimless crime. Um, nobody's really being hurt there except for maybe whoever the guy's cheating on. But if he's not cheating on with a prostitute, he'll find a non-prostitute to cheat on. So if there's cheating going on, that has nothing to do with prostitution. You can't really link the two things together. It just makes it easy for him to find somebody quickly. Um, but as far as, pro- as prostitution, how I feel about it, two adults and uh, they have an agreement. It's not much different than taking a girl out on five dates before you get to uh, get to the goodies. Yeah, and uh, it's a double standard with men and women. You know, a girl's seen as a whore if she's doing stuff like that. But if I was a prostitute, you know, I'd be the, uh, you know, the man. You know, <laughs> it's like I wouldn't mind right. at all that it's a profession. So, like, well, how do you feel about that? That's a double standard, you know, like uh, between men and women. Yeah, the worst. The worst part I think is this: is whoever is the actual prostitute themselves, they don't always get to. I mean, I, I guess to an extent they can choose who they want to be with, but. Ultimately, it's the money that chooses who they want to be with or who they're willing to be with. And, uh, yeah, that's, I think it's unfortunate. I think it's unfortunate they put themselves in that position. But then again, it's a choice. If they choose to do that, then that's their business. Victimless crime, in my in my opinion. Yeah, like legalizing marijuana is one thing. But I think if you legalize prostitution, you know, nationwide, then it'd make a lot more money. <laughs> <Just putting that out>. <laughs> <laughs> Government can tax that stuff? Yeah. You put it on a coochie tax, then yeah, we're, the government's making money. <laughs> yeah, just like a uh, sex sells. Now, uh, as far as uh, that goes, uh, when was the first time you ever watched a porno? <laughs> uh, the first time. Who I said I never uh, watched porn? You <laughs> accusation that I watch porn. Yes, I watch porn. Um, when was the first, first time, time you ever? <laughs> first time I ever I'm, watched I'm porn. This is. This is actually rather um, humorous. When I was probably about 11 or 12 years old, um, maybe even younger, I, I don't remember the exact age. Uh, we used to 11 have, or 12? Younger? I, I was start. Yeah, yeah. This is here's how it comes down. Is we, me and my brother, who was a year and a half older than me, um, we stayed home from school through the summer or whatever, and yeah, you know, we or whatever, we were old enough to take care of ourselves. Well, my dad had a um, an entertainment center with a special drawer <laughs> with a. <that> was awesome. <laughs> Well, I have one too now myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, the drawer below. If that one is jammed, you can't get into it. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, the drawer below the special drawer, you could pull out, and you could creatively slide underneath on your back and reach up and around into the top drawer. And uh, <laughs> I'll be damned if there weren't some VHS tapes up in there. And uh, 
yeah. <laughs> so we would uh, we would watch, and then uh, we would try to slide them. The thing is, you can only get your hand so far up and around, so you usually only had an option of two different tapes because you couldn't really reach too far down into this drawer. Um, the worst part was when you're trying to put the tape back, you had to try to drop it back in the slot. So next time Pops opens up the drawer, hopefully he doesn't know that the things are kind of a little bit uh, messy up in there. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. It was, you know, my brother and I and a couple cousins and guys in the neighborhood. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was bad. But that was probably the first time I saw porn. And I, I can't say that I uh, knew exactly what to think of it, but I knew it was interesting. Yeah, and, when, and thinking about it now, you know, what would he have done? You know, would he have come and come and come into your room or something like? Hey, oh, you took my tape. Because like he did not want to admit of owning that. <laughs> oh well, well, it, it's not like it was a really secret. He had a locked drawer. I mean, what do we think he kept in there? Stashes of money. <laughs> you know, we we knew what Christmas was like. We knew it wasn't stashes of money, so it was something. But yeah, yeah, we knew what's in there. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, we got about a minute, maybe 90 seconds left. Uh, recently on the uh, 13th anniversary of 9-11, I, I did a show. It's, it was one of my uh, highest-rated shows of 9-11 in about 60 seconds. What are your thoughts on that whole terrorist attack on our country? Um, I tend to believe that it is not a con- against the conspiracy theorists. I, I tend to believe it's legit. I, I don't – I guess I believe maybe too much in the good of our own country to think that we would not – murder that many people just to start a war. Um, there could have been other ways to start a war, and that's what the most of those theories say, is that this is all to start a war over oil, and I know money rules the world, and people are, you know want that money and that power of the oil, but I can't picture, even though I was never a fan of George W. Bush, him arranging or being behind something like this, and the, and the sheer number of people that would have to be in the cover-up is ridiculous. Yes. And and impossible for the information not to leak out as being factual with something hard behind it to prove it. That's my personal thoughts. Um, it's an absolute tragedy. I remember the day that it happened was uh, the first day that I had my son home from the hospital. He came home from the, he was born on the seventh, uh, came home on the 